guys. Welcome back to our teaching in the book of John. Now, the last time we were here, we were continuing in chapter six. All of these things, as a matter of fact, if you have not watched the previous video, watch the previous video that we did in this particular section on chapter six, because it is necessary to understand what is going on, or should I even say the overall idea of what is going on here in the particular passage that we're going to dissect in today's teaching. But since we were here last time, everything is stemming from the feeding of the 5,000. That is, remember Jesus took the two fish, the five loaves, and he did a miraculous thing in feeding 5,000 men only, not, in, not including the women and the children, easily a number of 10,000 and above. This was a, if you'll let me say it this way, this was a super miracle, but the idea of the miracle was not simply in the compassion uh, for the people, toward the people, in the feeding of the people because they were hungry. It was more than that. As the scriptures teach us, this was a sign. That is, this particular miracle that Jesus did <clears throat> was speaking, was attesting to something about his person or his claim. And remember, the very theme of the book of John is Jesus is God. He is not simply a man. He is not only the Messiah, son of God, son of David, son of Abraham, but he is God who has taken flesh from heaven to accomplish the plan of salvation that the Father has set from eternity past. So Jesus is God. So as we move through the text, we understand that this is the sign that Jesus was speaking concerning himself. This was the idea. This was the purpose of the sign that they may know him, that they may put their trust in him as Lord. And remember, always remember, that's why you have to stay with the terminology that we use. Lord always speaks to his divinity. Son of God speaks to his divinity. Son of man speaks to his humanity. Christ speaks to his humanity. The one who is the Messiah spoken of by the Jews, the expectation of the Jews and the prophets and the law of Moses itself, but the one looking to fulfill the promises of God. All right, but we're not going to get into all of those things. But simply to say, always remember, take spe pay special attention to the particular titles that I use concerning Jesus, because they speak in some way to contribute to the understanding of the text. All right. But so we were here with the food issue. Right. And as we were dealing with the food issue, Jesus' disciples didn't understand it, so he gave them another sign so that they may understand his person. We dealt with all of that in the video, even before the last video. So finally, the people come to Jesus on the next day, but they're looking for Jesus to continue to perform the miracle of the feeding. In other words, the people are just literally self-serving in the sense that they're looking to have their natural, their carnal desires, their bellies filled. And so Jesus begins to admonish them because they fail to understand the sign feeding of the 5,000, what it was, what it should have spoken to them and therefore stirred up the desire in them in seeking him. So what does Jesus say? Stop seeking me. Do not seek me for food, natural food you put in your mouth because it actually perishes. It, you eat it and then it's no more. You should have seen the sign and sought me because I am the Messiah. I am the life giving one and therefore seeking me for eternal life. Seek me for the bread that does not perish that the son of man shall give you. You should have been seeking me for that which yields or has a benefit to eternity, that which only I can give and that which I give. This is the this is that the thing that I do and the thing that Jesus is speaking ultimately is his giving of his life on the cross. That thing that he alone does 
is what the father proves, what the father, I'm sorry, approves and what the father has set his seal upon. The plan that has been given from the father that only the son can do. And in this, you seek me for that. And the whole idea of all of this was eternal life or the issue dealing with salvation. And that's what you have to remember as we continue on in our study of John. And as we look at this particular section, and we're going to limit ourselves to a particular section because of so much, so many uh, uh, who have argued concerning the concepts that would be brought out in this section, but this is not the only section in the scripture that this is brought out in. There are other scriptures. John brings it out again. Paul almost in a number of times in some of his uh, uh, epistles, his letters, uh, Romans or Galatians or Ephesians, he brings out certain things. Let's scotch Galatians. Galatians is not as clear as it is clear in Ephesians as well as the book of Romans. But anyway, we're not getting to that particular study on those things, but, and I'll tell you exactly what those themes are. But what you have to understand is there has been so much argument and misunderstanding of certain biblical principles that we are now going to take our time and look at the next section only and we're going to do a critical dissection and exegesis of this statement, not only in our English Bible, but as I told you earlier, in our Greek. And the reason why, guys, and I understand some of you guys may not be able to read Greek. It, it's, it's fine. That's not the issue. But the issue is looking at the original language of the text to try to better understand what God is trying to say so that we know we can be assured of the things which we most certainly believe. Okay, so that's why we're going to investigate the Greek text so that we can clearly get the proper understanding. And it's like looking at something in three or four colors. Then you look at the Greek and you see a thousand colors. So it becomes even more vivid, the words of scripture itself. But anyway, so as we continued on the whole section, as we worked in chapter six and Jesus arguing with the people, not so much. And when I say arguing, I don't mean the sense of fussing and fighting. I mean, Jesus setting forth his case to the people. So as Jesus sets forth his case, the people like the woman at the well do not understand Jesus point. They're stuck in the natural, continuing to look for physical, natural bread to put into their mouths to feed themselves. And Jesus is trying to make them understand that the bread that they should be seeking is spiritual bread to which Jesus ultimately says, I am the bread of life. And the one who comes to me will never hunger, never thirst. Jesus speaks of the fullness of the bread that he provides in himself. And he's simply speaking of faith in him. And he's going to talk about that as we get down to the rest of the chapter, but not there. So we're not going to go there yet. But he's speaking of faith in him as it pertains to salvation. I believe in the person Jesus is God, son of God. Jesus is also man, son of man. And I believe in the works that he died on the cross for the purpose of satisfying the judgment of God for my sins and that he rose from the dead and, and by this granting me eternal life. I believe in this. So the whole point, Jesus, I am the bread of life by consuming, believing in him, we have this eternal life. So the people are still not understanding these things and the people are not perceiving what Jesus is trying to say. And most importantly of all, the people are still not receiving him. They are not receiving him in the manner in which he is presenting himself as both Lord and Christ. They are not receiving Jesus 
in this fashion. Okay. So the whole issue here is concerning salvation. Jesus said, remember, don't come to me for the natural bread that perishes. Come to me for the spiritual bread that yields eternal life. That is the very essence of salvation. Okay. Now with that, we are now going to continue on in our study in verses number 36. And we're going to look at 36 through verse 40. All right. So now let's just simply get into the text and remember all the while, while we're working through the text, do not forget the main and primary point of the Lord here. Salvation. Okay. And also in the very background of your mind, remember the people's confusion, but more so how they are rejecting Jesus according to his claim to be both Lord and their Messiah, whom they have to come to in order to attain what? Eternal salvation. They are not coming to him. They are not recognizing him. They are not receiving him so that they might be saved. That's the case that is set before us. All right. 36. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe me. And now when Jesus get it, notice what he is doing. First of all, in the Greek, when it says the but he's using the Allah. And that is simply, that is nothing more than a conjunction showing a sharp contrast. What is the contrast? Jesus speaking to the people concerning coming to him, believing in him for salvation, but yet the people not doing so. So what does Jesus say? Jesus gives to us and here's what you must understand, guys. So principally important. All of this section is important. So I'm going to try to just stay calm and teach all the way through. So he says, but you have seen uh, uh, me, uh, but you have, uh, I said to you all that you have seen me and you are still, that is the idea, not believing. So notice they have seen the signs of Jesus. You've already heard his claims, his claim to be Lord. That is what we already know. God, you, you've heard the claims of Jesus. You have heard the claim that he is also what? Messiah. And you have seen the attesting miracles. You've seen the signs, but still you are not believing in what Jesus is proclaiming about himself. Remember, proclaiming for what purpose that you might be saved, that you might have eternal life, that you might partake of this spiritual bread and live forever, never hunger, never thirst. And, and even though I have provided unto you all of these signs, not only the bread, but that I have performed even in the past, yet you are not believing. So notice Jesus now sets the case for their spiritual unbelief in him. For what? Believing in him, what? Unto salvation. Now continuing on. All that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. That is our key. So notice what Jesus does. He provides an explanation. Jesus gives insight for their unbelief. Notice the statement that he says, all that the father gives to me will come to me. That is the coming to Jesus is simply, and it's, and it's not difficult to understand coming to him in faith coming to him in belief, believing in what he says about himself, believing in his claims. This belief does what is simple as cake. It gives, it grants eternal salvation, never hunger, never thirst. It is the bread that gives eternal life. It is that which the father has set his seal. 
Notice how he gives the construction here. He says, you do not believe, even though you have seen me do and perform all of these signs. Now he begins to give a reason for their unbelief. You have not been given to me of the father because what? If the father had given you to me, you would have come to me. So now we're going to take our time and work through it because there is a sense of complexity in the Lord's word. And that's one of the reasons why we can only do a short section of this particular video because of the complexity here. So let's look at what Jesus said. We've already set our foundation. The people are unbelieving. And now Jesus begins to provide a reason for their unbelief. So now let us go to the, the dissection in the Greek text here where Jesus says, all that the father gives me will come to me. So our Greek text, pan ha didocene. Now, when he, pan is each, every, or all. Ha didocene. This is nothing more than a, a, a participle, but we're not going to get into all of the Greek grammar. The one, the ones given to me, ha pater, the ones, the father, the ones given to me, you can understand it as by the father, the ones that the father gives unto me. So when he says pan ha didocene, this is also slowing it down, not getting excited. In the singular, this is in the singular, even though when we translate it, all that the father gives to me, we translate that in the collective. It kind of seems like the plural all, but it's all in the sense of the whole. That's how we translate it. When we look at the literal Greek text, we see pan ha did It gives the idea of each and every one. And you need to feel that in the Greek text. It's not just simply the all collective whole. Yes, that's true, all the collective whole. But each and every one. In other words, every single person. What about every single person? What is the description of every single person? What is Jesus calling every single person the ones given by the father. The whole issue is notice the one given by the father will come unto me. And the one who does come unto me, I will certainly not cast out. The issue is salvation. So Jesus is saying every single solitary person that the father gives to me. So here's where we pause here. What do we understand about those who come to Jesus? who will ultimately be saved, those who do come to Jesus and who will ultimately be saved. They are a gift of the Father. So I love it. Let me calm down because I always get excited. Every person coming to Jesus who is saved, who has ever been saved in times past, who will be saved throughout times in the future, even now. You are God's gift to his son. This very concept solidifies even more that salvation, even your personal. Because notice again, what was I harping on? Hadidocene, the singular that is used here. Each and every individual. Your salvation is a gift from God. Even you are a gift from God to his son. All what? Each and every one that the father gives to me. So this is something done, not of yourself. This is something done by the predetermined will of God. God determines what, or should I even say, who he decides to give to his son. What's the context of giving to the son? What's the context in John here? The context is salvation. God determines who will be saved, not the individual, not you. And this even hails back 
to John chapter one, not of blood, not of the will of man, not of the will of the flesh, but of God. And we don't have time to go with all of that. But all of this is simply showing you how all of the principles of God's word agree. Salvation is not the determinate factor of the individual. Okay, I don't want to talk in a bunch of theological lingo, but we need, as you see, guys, we do need to touch it big time here. It's not you who made the ultimate determination of coming to Christ, believing in Christ. It is God who chose you to come to Christ. Those whom the father has given to me gifts from the father, the will of the father, the desire of the father, salvation, the gift of God alone, salvation, the work of God alone. Why? Paul even says in first Corinthians, so that no man may boast before the Lord. But we're not going to get in all of that. Not want to preach. We want to dissect the text. Okay. So what does he say? Where am I? Uh, that the ones that the father gives to me. Now notice something too. We, okay. Remember we are talking about, this is what it's called. Sorry guys. The principle or the idea. This is what it's called. Election. Election. Okay. Election simply means called out ones. Election speaks of and speaks directly to here. Salvation. Those who have been called out by God unto salvation. You got it? People who are simply saved as we would simply say it today. But back to the text, each and every one given by the father, People who are saved are gifts by the father. Notice the certainty of what Jesus says will come to me. There is a certainty. And here's the point I'm making from eternity past. That is before the world ever existed. You will see it said in certain texts that you'll find like in Revelation, I think 13 and 17 from or before the foundation of the world. That means before the world was set into place, there were things done. What? Names written in the Lamb's book of life. Question, where were you before the world was founded and built? You weren't even here. This is not the mind of God slowing it down. In knowing who will be saved. This is not God's mind. This is the act of God in predetermining who would be saved. Why? God has made, has set his mind to give particular people to the son, each and every one, the Greek text, whom the father gives to me, give from God, uh, the determined plan of God to give them to me. Will they be saved? Notice what I just said. Will they be saved? Jesus says, they will come to me. Remember the whole issue of the Jews that Jesus is speaking to at this time is, he's simply saying, the reason why you are not believing me, even though you have seen, heard me, seen the signs, of, the reason why is you are not a gift from God to me. Because what? Had you been the father's gift to me, you would believe me. You would have come to me. Now, do you see what he's saying? So the principle that we are setting forth here is all believers are gifts from God. They are determined gifts from God from eternity past. It is not in the weakness. Now, God works with our will, but it is not our will that saved us. It is the predetermined will of God that saves us. He determined to give each and every one that is whom he has determined to save. He made that determination as a gift to give to his son. And that determination made by God 
Will they come? He said, they will come. So that sets forth for us, and we're going to stop simply there, the principle of election. It is not who chooses God, as Paul says in Romans chapter 9, but it is he whom God has chosen who believes. Okay, now let's look at the remainder of the verse. They have come to me and the one who comes and notice all of these verbs are in the present tense. The coming one that shows the continuation of faith, the continuation of faith and the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. And so now he says in the Greek, OK, blah, 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 blah. he says what? Um, give them to me. And, and he says, katon erkamenon. Pros eme u may, and that's why I want to take you guys. And the one coming to me, pros u may ekbalo exo. I will u may not cast out. So here's what I want to deal with the u may. U is a Greek Greek particle for no, and uh, may is also uh, the Greek particle for no. So he says no, no. No, no. And when you see ooh, may combine together in the Greek, it gives emphasis to the point that Jesus is trying to make. And that's why we translate it here. I will certainly not. Or in the Greek, I will not not. Or you can even say definitely not. In a sense, God forbid, this will never happen. Now, let's supply the context here. The ones who come to Jesus are a God-given, each and every one, God-given gift to Jesus. And the gift, those coming to Jesus in salvation, they will certainly come. Those whom God has set out from eternity past to be saved, each and every individual in the end that God has appointed unto salvation will be saved. They will come to me, says Jesus. And then let's talk about those who, who are a gift from God to Jesus for salvation. What about them? And all the ones coming to me, I will certainly, ooh, may, ne definitely never not cast out. What is the cast out? They will always be a part of me. Now, what is Jesus talking about? Salvation. So therefore, what? Those who are saved come to him because they are a gift from the Father. You will be saved. If God has written your name down, oh, you will be saved. Somewhere in your lifetime, you will come to Jesus they will come to me and tell me about their salvation. The ones who come to Jesus, will they ever be cast away from him? Jesus says, notice the text of scripture. Ooh, may certainly not. This sets the idea, the principle of what we call eternal security. So what is Jesus saying here? God gives particular people to him so that they might be saved. And once they come to Jesus for such salvation, is there, as Paul says in Romans chapter eight, anything that can separate them from the love of God? Can they ever, as we would say, lose their salvation? Jesus says, ooh, may, never, ever. So the principle that we understand in the latter part of the verse deals with eternal security for the genuine and true believer. They will never, ever lose their salvation. Now, I don't want to get into all of the other details. Well, what about when they sin? Well, we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and deal with that. Yes, we know that all our fathers passed under the cloud and all our fathers drank of the spiritual uh, rock from that rock and all they drank the spiritual drink and all of them ate the food. Yes, but God was not well pleased with them. Why? He chastised them. He disciplined them in the wilderness and what many of them died. 
All Paul is simply saying, even the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 is saying the very overall theme of Hebrews. I know I'm speaking fast because we don't have time to deal with that. I'm just dealing with arguments that I know you will present to me. What happens when the believer sins? So he can sin, 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 and never lose his salvation. A true believer never loses their salvation. What the scripture teaches is God, Proverbs, I believe it's chapter 3, he disciplines those whom he receives. What does Hebrews chapter 12 says? He disciplines every, not person he does not know, but every person he does know. He disciplines every son, every son. So a son of God, the father is a believer. And the Bible said, if God does not chasten you as a natural father chases his own children, you are not a true son. So your answer to what, what happens when a believer sins? He is never cast out, but he is disciplined. First Corinthians chapter 10, I do believe it is. And such a believer can even be disciplined to the point of death. Done with that. That's for another Bible discussion. Another, another Bible teaching. We're not getting into that. But this text here says from the mouth of the Lord here, the Umay. Jesus never cast out. It lays down the solid principle of the eternal security of the believer. That is, we never lose our salvation, or as I hear some people use it in a crass way, backslide. True believer never backslide. And that's one of the reasons why I said to you, take notice of these verbal forms here. They're in the present tense. And in the Greek present tense, it suggests continuing, not only in the present time, but in the continuality of some, the ongoingness of a thing. So one who is continuing to come unto him, one who is continuing to behold him, one who is continuing to believe in him, this faith. And this also sets forth another principle that, that I'm not going to deal with uh, uh a lot, the perseverance of the saints, the perseverance of the saints, because who is it who perseveres? One who has indeed been called of the father, a gift of the father to the son who perseveres, that is, continues in faith. And as you can say, he never backslides from God. Who does such a thing? One whom Jesus has guaranteed, I will never who may certainly not cast him out. He or she will always be with me, says the Lord. They will persevere in the faith. Why? Because they are a gift of my father. And those who come have been a gift of my father. They will come to me. And those who do come unto me for salvation, because that's the very theme of everything we're talking about. Those who do come to me. I will never for no circumstance who may not, not, certainly not cast them out. If they do this, will I cast them out? Who may? If they do that, will I cast them out? Who may? If they do, who may? Do you understand? Who may? Certainly not cast them out. They're mine and mine forever. Now, these are some powerful, powerful statements and it blows our mind, but you can say what you will. That is the text. Number one, you don't save yourself. It is God who determined that. Let me say it like it might bother some of you. It's God who predetermined that. And number two, you don't keep yourself. It is through the power of God you are kept. And if you get out of line, God got a way of dealing with his children, just like you have a way of dealing with your children. But now let's continue on with the text. 38, such a profound word from Jesus concerning salvation and then concerning eternal security. What reason behind all of these things? For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me that all that he has given me, I lose nothing, nothing, but raise it up on the last day. So let's stop. 
Now Jesus gives reason behind that powerful revelation that he has given. What? The revelation of salvation that each and every person who believes in Jesus is a gift from God. You don't have the thing of yourself. It is from God. And you will come, those whom the Father gives. You will be saved. You will go to Jesus. And can such an individual ever be lost? Will an individual ever be cast away by Jesus? Backslide, as I hear some people. Jesus said, never. I will never cast such a one out. He said, well, Jesus, why? Why are these things so? Now he begins to supply a reason. Here is it. The hearty, that's in verse number 38, the Greek word that is used. Hearty kata bibaka. For because I have come down from heaven. And the, and the English is satisfactory. The English is satisfactory, not getting the Greek here. Not to do mine own will. I, the reason why this is the case that each and every person that chosen as a gift to the father will come to me, point one. And the reason why I will never cast them out, eternal security, they'll never lose their salvation. Point number two, why is this the case? Because I didn't come down from heaven simply to do what I wanted to do. I came down from heaven to do the will of the one who sent me. And all the while, we already know who is the one who sent Jesus, God. So what is he saying? The one coming to Jesus, this one coming to him is a part of the plan of God. And Jesus keeping forever, saving forever, never casting out the one that God sent to him. If God sent him to Jesus, he'll never be cast out. Why is this the case? This was the plan of God. This God desired his children to have this security that if you put your faith in Jesus, if you truly believe in the claim of Jesus, the person of Jesus, he is God from heaven in human form who died on that cross. That is the plan of God. And these ones who believe the plan of God, number one, you are the ones whom God are giving to Jesus all that the father gives to me. And guess what? There is no doubt through the annals of time, Every single one will be saved. And guess what Jesus says? And he will never cast them out. And God has given his children this confidence, this security. We never worry whether or not we will lose our salvation. Neither heights, nor death, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Why? This is the will of the Father that I lose none of them. They will be with me for eternity from the first day until the day of their resurrection from the dead. But anyway, I'm, I'm preaching. Let me get back to the text. This is why. This is the plan and the purpose of the father that each one given to him comes and they never lose or in a broken relationship with him because God has predetermined this from the beginning. This is the will of him who sent me. I'm at verse number 39. What is the will of the one who sent Jesus? That what? Once again, look at the text. All that he has given me I lose nothing. Again, notice the one, the emphasis that we're given in verse number 30, uh, 39. Here it is in the Greek. Hina pan ha dedekon. Again, that hina simply means that in order that to speak of purpose in a resulting sense. That is, what is God's will? Hina, the will of God, that. He's now answering the question. What? That all pan ha dedicon. Okay, slowing it down. Pan 
ha. When you say that pawn, ha, dedicon, again, that is a singular. That's beautiful. The emphasis, each and every one that the Father has given me. Oh, oh, they, the point, they will be saved. That's why he used the each and every one beginning in the earlier part of this text. All, each and every one that the Father has given will come. Oh, they will be saved. So again, each and every one that the Father has given. And here, the dedocane, what is it? Dedocane, which is from the Greek verb didome, which means to give. But here, it is in the perfect tense. The idea of the perfect tense means it speaks of an action that took place sometimes in the past that has continuing effect. The action took place in the past that has continuing effect. And this speaks of, and I'm not going to deal harp on this in a strong point of those who have been given to the son from eternity past and they remain as a gift. Remember the perfect speaks of done in the past continues indefinitely. It continues what indefinitely what continues those who are a gift of the father to the son. We are continually a gift. Nothing separates that perfect tense verb. We will always be the gift. And since we are always the gift to the son, we, that gift can never be taken back, broken, because it remains a gift. And speaking of what the very theme of all of this is, salvation. He ain't talking about a Christmas gift. He's talking about a gift unto salvation. Jesus saves us and God gives us to Jesus. That's the idea. But in order that what all the ones given to me may apaleso will not perish. They will not perish. So the idea is all the one that he gives unto me, Jesus says, what? I will lose nothing. I what? Lose nothing. So what happens? Again, we have that emphatic form. Jesus says what? The one coming to me, what? I certainly will not cast out. Well, maybe not Jesus won't cast you out, but you can cast yourself out. That's, that's what I can hear some of you thinking. Well, okay, Jesus said you won't care. He won't cast you out, but you can sin and sin and by your own sins, you can cast yourself out. No, number one, this was not done of you in the first place. It was done of the father. You're a gift of the father and you will certainly come to Jesus. Therefore, only Jesus can cast you out. And then just to help you out to see that even you can cast your own self out by what you do. Notice what Jesus said. And the one that the father has given to me, tell me about them. Each and every one, because notice, remember, I keep telling about that singular here, that singular participle, the one, each and every one, pawn, the one whom God has given, each and every one God has given. What? I lose one. No, I lose two. No, maybe I will keep. No, I lose nothing and never perish. I will never lose them. But what? They will reach the ultimate destination determined by the father. What is the ultimate destination determined by the father? Jesus says, but I will do what? Raise it up on the last day. And Jesus said, that is the raising up unto life. This is not a raising up unto damnation because you're given unto to Jesus by the father for the purpose of what? Salvation. You're believing in him. Why? Because you're a gift of the father. And what? You will never be cast out by Jesus. And what? You will reach that ultimate destination, a resurrection from the dead in the presence of both father and the son. Jesus will raise them up in the last day. Why? Jesus will keep them. Why? He says this was the plan of the one who sent me. This was the plan of my father. What was the father's plan? He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give particular ones, certain ones to my son as a gift. 
And I'm going to tell my son that these are your orders from me. Don't you ever under no circumstances that Greek ooh mate, don't you ever cast them out. Why? Because I, the father has determined these things. So Jesus said, so therefore Every single one that the Father has given unto me, Dedo Cain, perfect tense, from eternity past, even now, they remain a gift unto me. And guess what? They don't have to worry about me ever losing a single one. I will lose not a single person who ever has come to me. Why? My Father gave me orders. Don't lose a single one, but this is what you do, my son. You raise every one of them up in the last day. That is the will of the father. And what have we set forth? We've set forth two principles, election, who is saved? Those who are given of the father. And can they ever be lost? Eternal security. And Jesus says, no, Definitely not. I will bring them to the ultimate destination, glorification. That's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8. I will bring them to that ultimate destination because this is the plan of my father. And the final verse again, all of this, notice the constant rehearsal of all of these things because of the emphasis that Jesus keeps putting here. 40, for this is the will of my father. Notice again, what, what is God's plan from eternity past his will? All the ones, let, let me stop doing the Greek. Let's read the English. The one who beholds the son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. So now let's look at verse number 40. Again, that God, that's the word. He says, two talk. Tutar gar estinta thelame. For this is the will to patras mu of the father of me, of my father. What is God's will? And Jesus said, the will of why what? Why they come to me, the reason why I will not cast them out, the reason why what? I will not lose a single one of them, but bring them to the ultimate destination. What is that will? What is that emphasis of that will? The will of my father that all the ones, notice what he says, Theron, beholding, tone we own car pistuon, Theron, beholding, all the ones beholding, that is, who are looking at me. And theoro means to look at with the sense of perception. You're not simply looking at something to see it, but you are perceiving something. You are understanding something about what you are seeing. Remember what Jesus said earlier? You have, I've already said to you, you have seen me, but you still do not believe. You have what? Seen me. You have seen me with the eyes only. You have seen the signs with your eyes only, but you did not perceive what these things were saying about me. Why didn't you get it? Why didn't you say or wrong? Because you were not a gift of my father. Because had you had been a gift of my father, you would have definitely all that the father, each and every one, oh, they will come to me. But the problem is you have not seen. But what is the will of my father? Back again, the one who beholds and the one beholds, that is the already seeing, understanding, perceiving. Who is Jesus? He is the son of God. Who is Jesus? He is the son of man. You don't just simply see. You don't just simply read the words. You are truly understanding who he is. And the reason why you're understanding who he is again, Jesus said, because you're a gift of the father. But nevertheless, the present tense, this is not a break in faith. That's what I'm hearing, hitting on here. Seeing, beholding, believing, because that's what it is in the Greek is in the Greek present tense shows a continu a continuity, a continuing, that's the best way, 
a continuing of, or should I say, continuing in the faith. Once again, speaking to that crass thing that people say backsliding. No, 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 no. There is a continuing to see and to behold, holding on to Jesus. What happens? What is the will of the father? They will have eternal life. And then notice something. And I myself that, and, and okay, seeing it will have eternal life. That is that word eke in the Greek here, which is in the subjunctive. Okay. I don't want to tear you up with a lot of Greek, but the idea is all the ones beholding me, not just simply seeing with the eyes, seeing the signs with the eyes. But understanding what is meant by these things, understanding what is saying about me in these things, understanding when you read these things in the scripture about me, beholding, perceiving all the ones and believing, seeing me, holding me, continuing in the trust in me, continuing in their faith in me. What? These things are the will of the father that what? Ultimate destination should be reached. What is the ultimate destination that should be reached? Eke. That's why I was talking about that eke, which is that subjunctive of echo, which means to have, which deals with the purpose of. God has set the purpose that what? The ones beholding and the ones seeing and the ones having faith in. What God has done this for? For the purpose that they might have eternal life. Again, speaking to the plan of God. What is the plan of God? My son put faith in my son, who he claims to be God almighty, who he claims to be the son of man in human flesh, dying for your sin and resurrecting from the dead. For no greater love have a man than this, than a man should lay down his life for his friends. I have called you my friends. So therefore put your faith in my son. This is my plan for everybody who is doing this and understanding who Jesus truly is and believing in him that you will have eternal life. This is the plan of the father. And in the end of that verse, Jesus says, and I myself. Now notice there is an emphasis here when he says, Anastaso, Auton ego, I will raise him, I. In other words, that's why we translate it with that emphasis, I myself. I am going to do the will of the Father and raise him from the dead to eternal life. Me, I will raise people from the dead. And this echoes back when Jesus talked about it. I believe it was in John chapter five when it was said that Jesus said, I raise men from the dead. The father judges no man. He has committed all judgment to the son. So therefore the resurrection of the dead, whether to life eternal within the presence of God or whether resurrection to eternal damnation, this is done of the son. I myself will raise him from the dead. But this resurrection from the dead in the last day that it speaks of here, this resurrection here is what? As the verse said to eternal life. And that's it. <laughs> so what were we saying here? In this section of John, as we have studied the text somewhat intensively, even our Greek text when we needed to do that. What is Jesus saying? He's really dealing with the issue of bread of life, the bread that gives life. What life? Life eternal. Trying to move the people from the natural to the spiritual. And what is Jesus doing as he lays down the issue concerning salvation, having faith in him? He says to the people, you're seeing all the things that I'm doing. You hear all the preaching that I'm preaching. And yet you are not coming to me so that you might be saved. So the verses that we looked at, Jesus said, what? Let me tell you the reason why you're not coming to me to be saved. You are not a gift of my father. Why? Because everyone, each and every one who has been given to me by my father, they will come to me. They'll come to me to be saved. And when they come to me to be saved, I will not cast a single soul out. I didn't get into the if, up, 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 up. I didn't get into any of that about what if they do and what I just told you, I will certainly not. 
who made the Greek. I will never cast them out. Wow, what a powerful thing to say, Jesus. Why do you take that view of this thing of people being saved? Number one, you're a gift of the Father. Why do you take such a view to holding on to those who you say? Because this is the will of the Father. He set this plan from eternity past that all the ones who do come to me, I will not lose a single one. I will not lose, but I will bring them to their ultimate destination. What's the ultimate destination, Jesus? I will raise them from the dead to eternal life. Why will you do this, Jesus? Why are you holding all of these people? Because God has already determined in his plan from eternity that each and every one of them that he has predetermined to give to me as a gift that they should continue to behold me, to understand me, to continue to believe in me so that, that's that Hena clause, in order that what? They may have eternal life and that what? Ultimate destination I will bring them to. I will resurrect them. Me, myself, I'll resurrect them from the dead. So in this section, we have the principles set solidly for election, who is saved, those who have been given by the Father to Jesus, and they will, each and every one of them, be saved, and eternal security. Can a believer ever be lost? Jesus says, never, because I'm the one who keeps them and I will never cast them out. And the father has set forth his plan that I lose how many? Two, three, four, I lose nothing. This is the will of the father. This is the plan of God from eternity that God has given. Let us all now, those who truly are believers in Jesus, rejoice and praise our God for this is his plan that we should have faith in his son. And this is his plan that each and every one of us should know till our doggone dying day, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. And when I say nothing, nothing includes you too. Why? Jesus says, it's the will of my father that I don't lose a single one. But do what, Jesus? Tell me again, like you've been telling me, telling me, telling me. But that I should bring it to its ultimate destination. What's that ultimate destination? Eternal life. Resurrection from the dead. All right, guys, I think that's long enough. <laughs> I would suggest watch this particular video again. And if you need to, even again, because I know without a doubt, some of you are going to struggle there because we're dealing with what we sometimes hear as predestination and the security of the believer. Can a believer backslide? No. Is a believer's salvation determined by God? Yes. Not the individual. And we see that, as I said earlier, all in John. But we're stopping there. Thank you for joining me right there in our study in the book of John. John, join me. <laughs> join me next time as we continue on in this discussion. And the very foundational point that Jesus has laid here, he's going to actually deal with it again as the people, like probably some of you, struggle with what Jesus has just said. But anyway, thanks for joining me. And for those, let me, let me say this. Always I ask you, if these lessons have been a blessing to you, then I ask you come side by side with me and support the ministry. There is a link always in the description that shows you how you can support this particular ministry. And for those who have supported me, again, let me say thank you. All right, enough of that, guys. Enjoyed our lesson today. And until next time, see you then.